Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to... Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to uh, Northern Auditorium. Uh, It'll autocorrect Northern every time, and it will make you feel crazy, but it's okay. So glad to have you guys here. Thanks for for, uh, adjusting. Uh, It's wonderful to be together tonight. I know that this is that... This is that point. I feel like each, each week we say, this is that point when everyone's feeling it, but it always is, isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot going on. You're already feeling the downhill slide toward Thanksgiving where you'll get to go and breathe and eat and not do enough work and come back and have three days off before you have to work hard again for finals. So I see you. I hear you. I, I'm really thankful for you to take time to be a part of this community tonight. It's a sweet gift. Uh, just to hear your voices. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to the Lord. It is, it is honoring to Him and it is joyful for me to hear. So thanks for, for being here. We're continuing our series in the Gospel of John, which we're calling Jesus Gives Us Life. Because we all want to have a life of purpose and of meaning and of joy and of goodness and of truth and beauty. We're actually made for it. We're actually designed for it. Uh, and the claim of this series, the claim of the Gospel is that you can have it. It's actually offered to you. You're invited into just that kind of life in Christ. And you can experience it not just when everything is going great, not just when circumstances are smooth, but all the time because Jesus is with you in what you're doing all the time. So we've talked about different aspects of this life that Jesus gives us. He gives us a life of joy, a life of worship, of hope, of forgiveness, of power, and of love. And tonight we're going to see that Jesus gives us a life of union. A life of union. When, when you hear the word union, I, I want you to think oneness, togetherness. I want you to think union uh, like if you've ever been to a wedding. I don't know how many of you have been to weddings at this point in your life. And you hear the, the preacher up front saying, and the two shall become one. That's union. That's what, that's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, and we're going to be looking in a, a really famous chapter of the Bible, John 17. This is actually the same night that we've talked about for the past two weeks. This is uh, the same night that Jesus washed the disciples' feet in the upper room. This is the same night that uh, Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. This is the same night that Judas uh, left in order to betray him. This is the same night that Jesus is going to be arrested and interrogated and tortured and eventually killed. So this is the last night of Jesus' life on earth. And in John 17, he stops just teaching. He stops just talking to his disciples, and he starts to pray. And he begins John 17 by by praying for everyone who who God has given him, he says. For all the people in Palestine, in Judea, in Samaria, all the people in the region who have heard the message of Jesus or who have encountered him and have believed. And then when we get to verse 20, we read this. Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now Jesus is praying for you. And he's praying for me. He says, now everyone who believes down the road because of what you say, and then what the next generation says, all the way down to you and me, if you are a believer in Jesus. Now he's praying for us. And so we want to pay attention to that. So if you have your Bible or your handout or a device, we're in John 17, 20 to 26. If you'd read along with me, that would be wonderful. This is the words of our Lord Jesus. He says this in his prayer to the Father. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, 
that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us because He loves us. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, I'm grateful for this chance to be together in this place in the midst of a busy week, to be with our friends, to raise our voices for a purpose of such goodness and beauty and glory because you're worthy of it. And Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us. I pray that your spirit would be at work through it right now so that we might love you more and love one another in the way that you call us. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. It was a, a special Sunday for my family this week uh, and church. Both Maggie and I's parents were in town, uh, and our oldest daughter, Ellie Kate, made a profession of faith and joined the church, which was really exciting. And then our youngest daughter, Betsy, was baptized. And um, so it's just a, it's a momentous time for our family and a, a thing that we have celebrated uh, and have prayed for for a while. And we were trying to explain to the rest of our kids what was happening. And we've talked to Ellie Kate a lot about what was happening with, with what she was doing, but we hadn't asked my oldest teammate who joined the church. But we hadn't explained very much to our other children. And so I was at breakfast on Sunday morning trying to explain to my daughter Caroline, who's two years old, uh, what was going to happen. That we were all, our whole family was going to go up front and stand in front of all the people. And then Betsy was going to get baptized. And so I was trying to figure out how do you explain to a two year old what's going to happen? And so I start to explain, and, and you know, I've, I'm kind of a nerd theologically, and I want her to understand the, the in workings of what God's Spirit is doing. But she stops me, and she says, he's going to put the water on her head? She, she gets caught up in this terrifying reality that our baby's going to be passed to another man who's going to dump water on her. And, and so we, we, get, we get to the actual, the actual service, and my whole family is up there. And, you know, part of you just, like, you want to look cute. I don't mean, like, me personally. No one's looking at me, you understand? I've... Like five beautiful girls in my family, so I, no one is no one's looking at me. We're up there. We want to look cute, and um, my my two-year-old Caroline goes up to the pastor, who who we love, who married Maggie and I, who's baptized other of our children, and says, "Are you going to put the water on her head now, like in front of the whole church?" But what I was what I was trying to explain to her, what I was trying to explain to her was that in this uh, mystical moment, that something was happening, that little Betsy, who can't talk yet who can't walk yet, who has to be fed by another person, was being welcomed into God's family, was being invited to be a member of God's people. And that's what we're talking about tonight. That that's the idea that Jesus is getting at in this, this confusing series of words, I and them and me and him and they and us and we're all together. He's, he's talking about what it means to be welcomed into who God is. 
that he gives us life. Jesus gives us life, and it's a life of union. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about what union is, and I want to talk about these expanding circles of union. So I, first I want to talk about the union of God, and then we're going to expand and talk about our union with God, and then we're going to expand again, and we're going to talk about our union with each other. So the union of God, our union with God, and then our union with each other. And as we do that, we're going to see how union and love and glory all become a part of the experience of our lives. Because that's what God intends for us. So first, the union of God. The the claim of the Bible, and this is one of the passages that people look at to make this claim, is that the foundation of life... And that the foundation of love and that the foundation of relationship and interaction is not a human thing. That it actually goes far before and far beyond humans. That the source of all life and love in the universe is actually God himself. It's actually God himself. And so our life, our love, our relationships, our interaction are, are just a derivation They're just a twinkling. They're just a a shadow of the great love that God is in himself. And here's how we know this. Here's how Jesus talks about his relationship with God the Father. Remember in, in John 1, we talked about Jesus whose claim was that he is the eternal son of God made flesh to dwell with us. That Jesus himself is God the Son. And here's how he talks about in his prayer, God the Father. He says in verse 21, Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. He says again in verse 23, You in me. Jesus is making this word claim. He says, God the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. This sort of thing is the foundational teaching for what Christians call the doctrine of the Trinity. Which is this mysterious, incomprehensible reality of what God is like in himself. That God is one. He is unified. He is in himself one. But there is this God the Father, and there is this God the Son, and there is this God the Spirit. And they are all in each other. And that God the Father is filled with delight and love and shared life with the Son who is... Filled with shared love and life with the Spirit and the Father. And the Spirit is filled with shared life and love with the Father and the Son. And they just kind of are in this dance of mutual and shared love and delight and worship and honor and joy. In the most literal sense, God is full of himself. He's full of himself. That in him is actually the fullness of relationship. It's the fullness of love. It's the fullness of joy. And he contains that all just within himself. It's this perfect union. It's this perfect oneness. It's the ultimate fullness of love. Which according to God's word is then the ultimate fullness of God's glory. That's just who God is. Fullness of love and fullness of glory. When you hear the word glory in this passage, I want you to think loving union, oneness of love and joy. That's just what God is. That's what he's like. That's his character. That's his personality. That's his identity. And the claim is that we are made in his image. 
And so we, we start with God's union, this fullness of life and love in himself. And now we're going to expand out to talk about our union with God. The, the, the move of the gospel, and this is the, one, this is the most important thing for you to remember tonight, is that God in himself is fullness of love. And that the move of the gospel is to welcome you inside of that. That God who is perfect and holy and full of love says, I want you to come inside of that. I want you to come be a part of that. I want you to come belong to that. We all want to belong. We all want to be a part of something special. That, that desire to be a part of something, to belong, is the thing that drives most of what you do in college and most of what you do in life. That desire to belong drives the way you're thinking about rush and recruitment. That desire to belong drives the way you act at parties. That desire to belong impacts the kind of job you think you need to have and the kind of network you need to create. That drive to belong has everything to do with the way we treat our bodies and the way we treat the bodies of other people on a Friday or Saturday night. That desire to belong has everything to do with the kind of relationships that we are pursuing and the ways that we expect those people to fulfill the broken parts inside of us. You have a desire to belong, to be a part of something. Nobody wants to do this thing alone. Sometimes we convince ourselves that's a safe way, that that's the best way, but we actually all want to be a part of something. And in Jesus, this is fully met, fully satisfied. <laughs> fully offered. He says, you get to belong to me. You get to be valued by me. You get to be seen and understood and listened to by me. You get to have my affection. You get to have my desire. You get to have my delight. You get to be a part of the fullness of joy and love in my own heart. He says, come into it. Come inside of it. He says in verse 21 that they may also be in us. That this Jesus who is in God and God is in him, he says they also, that's you, that's me. We're in it too. We get to be be welcomed inside of it. Uh, I want you to think about uh, your picture of the NFL draft. I remember back when I was... Uh, When I got drafted, this was in 1963. Um, No, just kidding. I want you you to picture the NFL draft for a second, okay? You've got these guys in these really fancy suits sitting at tables with, like, their mom and their dad and their agent. And they look awkward in suits because they're just, you know, enormous. And uh, at some point, for most of these guys, their name gets called. They get called by name. With the 32nd pick in the NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select... Jack boys. They, they call these people by name, okay? And they come up, and they come up on stage, and, and what gets handed to them first? They give them a hat. So now they, now they got a hat that says Broncos on it, and then they hand them a jersey. It's a Broncos jersey, and it says Boyce on the back. It's got your name on the back. And then you get ushered in this other room, and you get interviewed, and eventually you make it onto a plane, and you show up in Denver, and you go to a press conference, and you're wearing the uniform. You're wearing the jersey and you get introduced as a part of the team. These are guys who have been dreaming about belonging to something like this for their whole lives. 
dreaming of belonging to this kind of experience, this kind of institution, this kind of team. And then if you, if you watch this stuff, if you're enough of a nerd about it, they, they, get, they get shown around the facility. And they show them the locker room and they show them where their locker is with their name on it. And they show them the, the workout facilities and the training facilities and the practice fields and the equipment room. And they say, everything that's ours, everything that's a part of this team is now for you. Now you're a part of it. Now it actually belongs to you, and you belong to it. You're wearing the jersey. You're a part of this thing now. That's what happens to us with Christ through faith. That he calls us by name, but the hat that we wear and the jersey that we wear says, Beloved child of God. And he shows us everything that he has. And he says, now it's yours. Now it belongs to you and you belong to it. Now you're a part of this team. Now you're a part of this family. Now you're a part of this love and life that I have inside of me. Now it's yours. Our our union with God uh, is an experience of the fullness of love because now the love of Christ belongs to us. Now it's offered to us. Now we're, we're welcomed inside of it. Okay, so now we're going we're gonna to expand again. We've talked about the union of God and our union with God. And we're going to finish tonight by talking about our union with each other. That within the body of Christ, within the community of faith, if you're a Christian, then the union which God is is shared with us and reflected in the way that we treat each other. So that the way a group like a church or RUF or your group of friends or the whole of believers in the whole world is now called to reflect this movement of welcoming others into life, into love, into joy, and into fullness. Verse 21, Jesus says again that they may all, they, plural, that they may be one. That's you and me. And that they, again, plural, they together be in us. That our community is called to mirror the union of God's fullness of love, his glory, his loving union. And that means that our community should be marked by the things that mark what God is like. Our community should be marked by kindness, by generosity, by hospitality, by inclusion, by love, by radical, costly forgiveness. Because that's what God is like. And that's what God offers to us. And that's what God calls us to be. One of the things that this reminds us of is that if you meet someone else who's a Christian, that you automatically have more in common with them than you have different from them. No matter where they're from or what they look like or what their story is because they are one with Jesus and you are one with Jesus. So you are with them and they are with you. You are one with them. It has nothing to do with how you connect. It has to do with what you're connected to, who you are already one with, which is Jesus. I'm going to stick with the, with the jersey metaphor for a second. I was in Sweet Trees the other day and I saw a guy from Knoxville, Tennessee and I saw a guy with a bright orange shirt with a power T on it. And if you're from Knoxville and you see that, you say, go Vols. And that guy will say, go Vols. 
And this is why when you're walking around, you see someone with that weird A on the hat. You say, roll tide, and they say, roll tide. Or you say, war eagle. I don't know what that means. What is that? And they say, war eagle back. Or they say, go Hokies. No one knows what it is, but we say it, right? They're, why? Because, like, they're one of you. Like, they're with you. We're on the same team. Like, I've never met you. I'm saying weird sentences to you now. <laughs> why? Because we are connected to something so strong in our own stories that it doesn't matter what else we have in common. It doesn't matter what your personality type is. You're a hokey and I'm a hokey. We're going to be friends now, right? Like that's the kind of experience that you get to have as a Christian or that you should get to have as a Christian when you meet someone else who has faith in Jesus where you say, wait, you too? Praise the Lord. Let's be friends. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's pray. Let's share. I want to hear your story. You automatically have more in common with them than you don't have in common with them. So the, so the question that we're, that we're called to ask is, where can you grow in your own relationships to better reflect this union of God that you are connected to through Jesus? Where might you be called in your own relationships to grow in that way? Where, do you, um, where are you tempted in your relationships to operate out of insecurity? And fear and that desperate, demanding longing to belong that makes you compromise everything you thought you believed in. Because if you belong to Jesus, if you can wrap your mind around that reality, it frees you from your insecurity because you do belong. You are valued, you are delighted, and you have been chosen, you have been selected, you're loved. So as you think about the way you interact at parties or the way you interact in the classroom or with the person with the the carol next to you outside of this door right here, are you operating out of insecurity? Are you operating out of love for that other person? Because you're connected to the same thing. Where do you need to celebrate others to honor them for their gifts and their strengths instead of worrying what they think about you? Because we're called to mirror this union. Where are you tempted towards exclusivism? Who are the people on the outside of your group and you don't really want them to come in your group because you like your group? You don't want it to be changed. You don't want it to be compromised. You don't want the vibe to be affected. It's going to cost you a little too much. We're called to mirror the union, the fullness of life and love in God himself. This is one of the reasons why, uh, as a community of people, as God's people, why we utterly reject things like what happened on campus this past week. Leaflets that are distributed, messages of hate, messages of fear, messages of exclusion. That is not the gospel. The gospel is committed to love others even when we don't understand them. It's committed to love others even when we don't agree with them. Is committed to love others even when we're afraid of them. There's going to be people on this campus that you don't agree with, that are different from you. There's going to be decisions made around here that you don't understand, that you don't agree with. When we are formed in our community by what God is like, we relentlessly pursue each other with love, with grace, with kindness, 
with hospitality, welcoming other people into what we have going on because that is exactly what Jesus has done for us. Welcomed us into his very life. So I want to suggest a first step for you tonight. How do we do this? How do we grow as a community to be the kind of community that feels like, that smells like this oneness of Jesus? So that like Jesus says here, people might see his love through us. How do we do it? I'm going to read you a quote by a guy named Jean Vanier, who I like to read on this passage. He says this. He says, excuse me, this unity which comes from the inner life in each person is only possible when stone by stone the walls around our vulnerable hearts come down. I'll read it again without choking up. This unity, which comes from the inner life in each person, is only possible when stone by stone the walls around our vulnerable hearts come down. It means if you want to experience the fullness of love and life and joy in your community, in your relationships with your friends, those walls you put up to protect your heart have to come down. Those ways that you have chosen to act and to speak, to hide your vulnerability, to hide your weakness, to hide your mistakes and your shame, we have to let them crumble. Because only then can we experience this kind of life with each other so I want to give you a couple of ideas here by means of application for what this means. The, the, the first thing is, is this. This is about something that you have to embrace. Often I will meet with you guys one-on-one, and you will tell me something that's going on that's very difficult. Uh, and, and you probably know, I hope you know, that, that people in this community are struggling with really, really, really difficult things. They're struggling with all kinds of uh, relationship trauma and drama. They're struggling with all kinds of addictions. They're struggling with anxiety, with eating disorders, with depression, with loneliness, with grief over death, with failure and loss. People are struggling with all kinds of things. And often people will, will say this to me, and one of my questions is, uh, who in your life, who, do you, who are you talking to about this? Who of your friends is hearing this? And you know what I hear all the time? I just, I don't want to be a burden to them. I don't want to be a drag on my friends. I don't want to dump this on them. Here's what you have to embrace if we want to be this kind of community. You are a burden. You are. And so are your friends. And so am I. You're a burden. You're going to be a burden to your friends. And you're supposed to be. And they're supposed to carry you. And they're going to be a burden to you. And they're supposed to be. And you're going to carry them. You are a burden. Embrace it. That's what it means to be a human. That's what it means to be a person. And if you cannot embrace that, you have no chance of intimacy with another human being. No chance. You have to let your friends carry you, which means you have to tell them the truth about where you are struggling. You have to. You have to. You have to start somewhere. You have to start with someone. That's the, that's the first thing. You have to tell your friends when you need them. And, and this, this involves all kinds of things. <clears throat> Everything from, hey, I, I need you to ask me if I've read my Bible this week. Hey, I need you to ask me how many beers I've had. Hey, I need, to, I need you to ask me how far things have gone physically with my boyfriend. Like, we need to ask each other these questions. 
And if you're in that situation, you've got to tell someone that you need them to do that for you. You have to be a burden to them. Okay? You need to embrace it. And, and sometimes we expect people to just read between the lines and be able to tell what's going on with us. It, they never can because you're so good at faking it. You're so good at it. You're a burden, and you need to embrace it. The other thing that you have to do that's just as hard is that you have to tell your friends the truth when they need it. And sometimes they will be mad at you. And sometimes they will ignore you. And sometimes they will turn around and point the finger right back at you. <clears throat> but you have to tell your friends, hey, you have not been kind to me. Hey, I am not sure I feel so good about this relationship that you're in. Hey, I kind of feel like you are so consumed with finding a job that you're filled with anxiety and you haven't like spent time with another human being in three weeks. You have to tell your friends the truth, even when they hate you for it, because that's what friends do, because you're each a burden to each other, and that's actually what love is. And, and if we can do this, if we can be this kind of community, what we're actually going to experience, what's actually going to be manifest inside of us is what is inside of God, which is the fullness of love, which is union, which is joy. And we can do this. We have the power to do this because <clears throat> you belong to God. You've been chosen by God. Your name has been called by God. You've been welcomed into his family through Jesus because he loves you. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you for the great gift of belonging, that you meet this desperate need we have to belong with your own love. We praise you that you yourself are the fullness of love in yourself, that you invite us into it. Please give us the courage to be the kind of community that embodies this kind of love and invites others into it just like you've done for us. Jesus, we pray in your name. <clears throat> Amen.